Australia, where the last two places I was. So I thought I'm getting out of the way of doing these and I really like them because it, it's a real opportunity just to talk about some of the stuff that's going on in my mind. Um, it's very easy for you to listen to, they're like 30 minutes long. You can ask questions, say hi. Um, I also like the immediacy of it because I kind of feel like I'm in your living room and uh, hopefully you feel like you're in my living room. Of course you're not really, this is just a multi-million dollar studio that's set up to look like a living room um, but you know that's that's the way I roll. So say hi, tell me where you're from and um, ask any questions you want. I'm just going to talk briefly about something I'm exploring at the moment um, for uh, probably will be um, something I, I want to do in LA in November. I'm actually running a weekend event um, where 50 of us are going to be in a comedy club in LA and um, I'm going to do a one-day event on the Saturday that you pay for um, and that's going to be all content and we're going to look at things like I'm talking about today uh, and then the second day um, if you're still around uh, I'm going to invite you all to go to the community that I'm part of and then afterwards we'll go to my favorite coffee shop in LA and uh, debrief over you know uh, over coffee about the last couple of days so that's in November um, I'm hoping some of you will come out for that um, and as I say, this stuff about psychosis, perversion and neurosis will be something I'll be looking at because what I'm going to talk about now needs at least a day to unpack. Um, it needs a lot more than that, to be honest. Um, but I'm going <clears> to <throat> just give you a little, a little teaser. But if you'd like to join me in LA in November, definitely go onto my website um, and get a ticket. We've already sold 10, so um, there's like, I think I'm going to be able to fit 50, maybe 60 people. Um, so I'm hoping they'll all go, um, you know, over the next couple of months. So today's topic that I've been thinking about this morning over my coffee, oh, I was going to have a cup of coffee while I was talking to you, oh well, um, is um, what type of community are you part of, right? And I'm going to use a framework to talk about different types of community. And the framework um, comes from Lacan and Freud, and it's psychosis, perversion and neurosis. Can't go into details about those, but in, in psychoanalysis, those are three frames that are used. Now, some of you will know about the DSM manual and you'll know about in psychology, there's like hundreds of different diagnostic places. Are you bipolar? Are you this? Are you that? Anxiety disorder, narcissism, whatever. Well, psychoanalysis doesn't really do any of that. Um, generally very skeptical of all of that. Uh, every person is a universe. Uh, somebody can look like they have the same issue that you do, but it comes from a very different place. Um, it's to do with very, very different issues that they're working with. And although it looks the same and you can kind of tick a box, um, it's actually functioning in a very different way. So in analysis, every individual is treated as a universe. That's why it's kind of not a science, because in science you have to be able to replicate you have to be able to compare like with like. But if you take every individual as an individual, then you cannot compare one person's inner world with another person's inner world as such. But there are three very basic um, buckets that are useful um, in psychoanalysis. Really useful just whenever you're working with an individual. Uh, it dictates how you're going to work with the cure and they are psychosis, perversion, and neurosis. 
Now, I say I'm not going to talk about those in relation to individuals at all, um, but I'm going to talk about them in relation to community and see if they can help make sense of something. So um, let's imagine, let's take an example of a contemporary church. Uh, let's say it's an evangelical church. Um, it has a set of, it has a mission statement. It has a faith document. It has a certain kind of set of beliefs, worship practices, just, you know, a standard evangelical community. Um, I'm going to ask certain questions about it. I'm going to go, okay, so there are certain communities um, that are like that, but they admit of no doubts or unknowing at all. Okay, so they have beliefs, they have statements of faith, they have certain doctrines, and of course, you know, everyone affirms those things, but as soon as doubt, ambiguity, or complexity are brought up, it causes a certain problem within the community, and they have to get rid of discipline or ultimately excommunicate the one who is bringing the questions. Now, this is a psychotic type of structure, because the psychotic is one who is tyrannized by certainty. So a psychotic, for example, they hear voices. Now, neurotics hear voices as well often, but, but psychotics, when they hear a voice, the voice is like inside them and controls them. They don't know when they start and when they stop. So psychotics will often be overtaken by paranoid ideas about, uh, you know, all doctors are out to get me or the CIA are following me or the aliens are listening. And it can sound kind of funny and crazy, but actually, obviously, it's not when you're having the psychotic delusions. They, these voices that are within you tyrannize you. They control you. You can't have doubt in relation to them. You can't question them. They just are the way they are. So within psychosis, as for an individual, there is often, say, voices that you have to obey. There is a sense in which you don't know where you start and where you stop. You're an avatar of these voices. They speak in you and they control you. Um, there's other factors of psychosis, out-of-body experiences. You don't know where you start and where you stop. But a psychotic community is one that is tyrannized by certainty. There is no place for doubt. And you speak on behalf of God. You know the way in the sense of the psychotic has voices and they don't know whether the voice is them or, you know, some other. And they feel almost taken over by the voice. In psychotic communities, you will have people who will be speaking the word of God. They are, they are avatars of the divine. It's not them that communicate. It is God who communicates using them. So these are, these are elements now, the truth is, most people in psychotic church structures are not psychotic at all and as individuals. In fact, many people are they're neurotic. People have lots of doubts and unknowing and are attracted to a church that says they have all of the answers. They know what it's all about. Uh, another factor of a psychotic community to watch out for a symptom is that it will be very uh, often at odds with the society it's in. The people will you know, not fit in neatly with society. They won't, um, you know, generally have jobs in society that are well respected. They won't kind of have the power positions. They won't kind of, kind of be, they won't be mimicking society. They'll be very apart from it. In the same way, psychotics often have paranoid worlds um, where they imagine, you know, 
like usually it's it's paranoia you know someone some individuals out to get them an ex-partner or government or country or as i say you know teacher something like that a right to get them they create a very coherent world psychotics will often write volumes about their world and it fits it doesn't fit within wider society at all hence a lot of psychotics don't get anywhere nobody believes them they're just individually um caught up in their own worldview but occasionally psychotics and i see this on twitter actually is you can get some followers so you know in social media you can you can find some people who, who maybe are convinced by your world but psychotics generally create a, a very hermetically sealed system that stands apart from the wider system they feel persecuted by it this system has certainty built into it and it is an avatar of the universe or God or whatever. It is the space of truth. And if you're inside a community like that, if you're a leader within a community like that, what happens when you actually try to bring in a space of questioning, self-interrogation, uh, rupture, uh, then real problems arise. The, the, the community either breaks apart or you know you get fired or you get asked to leave. Okay. So there's a, just a, a little bit about what a, a psychotic kind of community might look like. And as I say, nobody in the community might be psychotic. You can have psychotic individuals. You can have psychotic structures and families, in churches, in communities, or in society and countries at large. Okay, what, what's, what's different with a, a perverse community? Okay, now on the surface, everything looks exactly the same. This is a small community. They have their beliefs. They have their mission statement. They have it, all of that. It all looks exactly the same. But what are the symptoms? Okay, symptoms are a little bit different. A perverse individual fits very neatly into the wider society. So a perverse community, the people will look really cool. If it's like, you know, they'll be into the latest fashions, the latest clothes, or the latest music, they'll have good jobs in the movie industry, the music industry, the, the creative industry. You'll, it'll look like not even just a bit like the society it will look like the elite of the society it will look like you've got all of the creatives all of the kind of smart kind of like you know it's almost like you know if if skater culture or rock and roll culture or hipster culture is what's cool in the society the perverse structure will look even more hipster it will look even more skater or even more rock and roll um, than than the society itself <clears throat> because a perverse individual here, what, what they do in a sense is they fit very neatly into society, but they always have a transgressive secret place where they do all the stuff that they're not allowed to do in public, right? So a perverse structure is one where you're a judge and you're, a, you know, holding up society and you are, a, you know, you're a bulwark of, of, of you're a, what's the word, um, you know, stalwart, I think that's the word, um, of, of, of all that is good and true. But then you're, you know, taking cocaine off rent boys. Uh, you know, you're, 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 you're engaged in sadomasochistic activities on a Friday night. You're involved in like orgies on a Tuesday morning. But then you're in the House of Lords that night. Right? That's a kind of perverse structure. And we call in, in Christianity can be called hypocrisy. But the idea is that actually it's not that you're not feeling to live up to your ideals. It's actually they feed each other. So that you can be so well integrated, you have this perverse 
secret transgress, acceptable transgression, but it has to be secret, but it's an acceptable transgression. You have what's acceptable, morality, law, all of that. You have what's unacceptable, drunkenness, treating people like objects, you know, being like just like totally into drugs and whatever, right? But then you have the acceptable, unacceptable. The place where you can do all of that stuff, as long as you don't talk about it. So in public schools in the UK, you might have like the values are sobriety, intelligence, um, love of your, you know, people, all of that. The unacceptable is drunkenness, being an ass, all of that. But then you've got secret societies where you can be drunk, you can take drugs, you can have all the sex you want. And not only can you be part of these societies, you actually have to be if you want to get anywhere. If you want to meet the next prime minister, if you want to be the next CEO of the bank, you have to actually be part of the transgressive activity. So what does this mean in relation to like a church. Well, this means that the acceptable transgression is something like doubt. You're allowed to have all these questions. You're allowed not to really believe it. Just keep it quiet. So for example, the, the worship team are just paid. So for example, the worship team are just paid to be there on a Sunday morning. They're hired guns. This happens in Nashville a lot, in a lot of churches. Like, so the people who are playing don't believe any of it. But they can't talk about that, it's a secret. They have to, when they're up there on the stage, look like they believe everything, right? The minister, you know, secretly has lots of questions, but they don't express them. They express them to their friends quietly over a drink at night, or, you know, they, talk, they come to one of my events or whatever, right? But they don't ever bring it into the space itself. So the difference with the psychotic community, doubt and unknowing, is not allowed at all, it's not possible, it causes anxiety, it, it ruptures things. In the perverse structure, it's not only allowed, it's welcomed, but it has to be hidden. It's a transgression that you hide. And in fact, if you wanna get anywhere in the community, you have to be part of the transgression. You kind of secretly, you'll get further if you go, yeah, behind closed doors, I do doubt all of this stuff, I'm not really sure. You'll get a lot further than the psychotic who's like, oh, I believe it all. Because they're a nightmare. They're the ones who want to pray, you know, during the prayer meeting or whatever, you know, whatever the elders are doing. So the symptoms of a perverse community are it's very well integrated in society. You know, say everyone looks super cool or, you know, everything's like all the music is like almost better in some ways than, you know, supposedly secular music. The, the, um, the setup looks better than a concert. Like it looks like almost like, you know, Beyonce could be doing it. You know, it's, it's the, the background, everything is like, you know, you know, whereas the psychotic is like so far apart from the world. This, the perverse subject is so in it, but not of it. And as I say, it still has certainties, all of that, but the doubt is hidden in transgression. Okay, thirdly, then we get to the neurotic community. Again, on the surface, looks exactly the same as the perverse community, the psychotic community can anyway. They have their mission statement, the values, they have certain beliefs. But in the neurotic community, the doubt and unknowing does have a space to come out. Not in the central church, but on Sunday night with the youth group. Or Thursday afternoon, there's like a, a women's group. Or Wednesday morning, there's a men's group. Or, or there's a Tuesday, a Tuesday night kind of round table discussion on theology. So the neurotic basically is the person who they're in the world but not of it, right? The neurotic is doing their job as an individual. They're doing their job. They're in a relationship. They're, it's maybe not great, 
they can't admit that to themselves, but that pain comes out in fatigue or in migraines or in a bad back, right? They, it comes out in symptoms in their body. What they cannot admit finds ways to speak. And, and that's what, so a neurotic is what someone, often neurotics have fatigue, bad backs, you know, headaches. They, and doctors can, can't really work out what it is. They've got strange food things. I can't eat that, I can't eat that. Um, but, you know, sometimes that's biological, but sometimes you kind of look and you just can't find any reason for it. And sometimes it's because actually there's something in your world and in your relationship or in your job that you don't like. And that's where it's, that's the symptom that's speaking the truth that you cannot speak. Now, within a structure, what this looks like is the doubt and the ambiguity and the complexity that doesn't get shown in the, the everyday community finds ways of breaking through. Sometimes healthy, but sometimes often unhealthy. Uh, a breakdown. The minister has a breakdown, goes on sabbatical, right? Just can't hack it anymore. Uh, or someone in the worship team, they end up there, you know, they just take it out on their kids, they take it out on their family, they, the doubt and the unknowing. Because um, it's not unacceptable, like it's not completely absent, like in the psychotic community. It's not an acceptable transgression, like in the perverse community. It, it, it kind of does let itself be seen in these ways. Now then, the neurotic community is the easiest one to work with, right? If you're part of a neurotic community, then brilliant, much, much easier. And I can help you a lot in, in actually trans transitioning that into a healthier place. Perverse and psychotic communities are slightly different. I'm gonna leave those completely to one side. If you're part of a neurotic community, your job is to weaponize the discontent, right? That's, that's what um, an analyst does in psychoanalysis. They weapon, they, they put you in the place of the neurotic. They, you know, you ask questions, do I like my job? Do I like my partner? Do I like myself? You know, they say they love me. Do they really love me? The neurotic is the one who is kind of like, you know, at war with their own desire. They don't know what they want. They don't know, you know, all of that. The analyst puts you in a position where you're like a neurotic, right? And then they weaponize that and they go, okay, let's, Let's listen to all of these concerns. Let's bring them into the heart of your consciousness. Let's bring them out in the analytic setting and see what they're saying. And if you listen to what they're saying, they can make a real positive change. The symptom, Khan and Lacan says this, the symptom becomes a santhome. So symptom can be spelt S-I-N-T-H-O-M-E, the old-fashioned way of spelling symptom. And it sounds like Santhom, and Santhom means holy man in French, right? Santhom, the holy man, the prophet. Your symptom becomes a prophet that tells you there's a better way to live. If you listen to the prophet, good things happen. If you don't, it's a disaster, right? So within a neurotic structure, you as an individual, say you're a leader within that structure, you lean into the spaces where questioning and discontent exist and you draw them into the center, into the liturgical structure itself. You listen to that discontent, you weaponize it so that it's not just like, you know, these explosions of discontent that go nowhere, but that they become fuel for transforming the community. And this is what I tried to do in my first book, How Not to Speak of God, where I tried to, I thought that doubt and unknowing was largely within the evangelical church, but being, but on the outskirts, not in the liturgical center. 
So the idea was to go, this is positive and this is good. Enjoy that discontent. Because unknowing and doubt is discontent. You know, you don't know something. There's like, oh, enjoy it. Actually use it to kind of like, instead of hating it and being scared of it. Wow, it's like an adventure. I don't know everything. There's more things to learn and discover. And, and, um, and you know, enjoy that and bring it into the liturgical heart. So that's, that's largely the work that I'm trying to do. So if you're a part of a community, the first thing I would suggest you try and do is look at the symptoms of that community and, and try to ask yourself, does this community have psychotic symptoms? Out of the world, completely outside the world, certain, um, tyranny of certainty, um, and, uh, oh yes, and, and, and the voice being the avatar of the voice of the divine. Is it a perverse community? It's actually fully in the world. It's like, wow, where it's like super cool. It's like everyone looks like a model or like, you know, everyone's great. And, and, and you have all of the belief on the surface, but underneath people have all the questions of the day and the worship team don't even believe it. The minister doesn't believe it, but no one says any of that, that it creates this two-tier structure. Or is it a neurotic community in the world, but not of it? It's kind of in the world, but in a, in a prob problematic way, um, which obviously connects with, you know, you know, Jesus, Christianity, in the world, but not of it. You're in the world, like you're in a job, but you're not of it. Your body is re reacting against it, right? And if you're in a neurotic community, then you start to look at how do you weaponize that discontent to change that community and to change wider community. I mean, this is not just about churches, this is actually about society. How do we weaponize the discontent of society in a way that's, that we enjoy, that's positive, and that brings real transformation to the world? Okay, I, I haven't been looking at your questions, but I'm gonna look at them now, because I was on a, you know, a rant. Uh, oh, hey, Timothy from Missouri. Oh, I know Phil Snyder well, absolutely, great guy. Um, Maxwell says, I'm all three. <laughs> you can't actually be. Um, technically, well, maybe you are. Um, yeah, I know how you feel. Uh, Stevens from Copenhagen. Hey, how's it going? We've got Texas, Florida. Uh, Lubbock, I think I might be going there um, uh, in a little while. Denver. Uh, let's see, Puerto Rico. That's cool. You're winning the award so far for coolest places. Um, Sorry, Dave, I, I took, this is my makeup. Underneath my makeup is the happy reaper face. So it's kind of like the Joker. Um, okay, let me see. <laughs> Tim says, sabbatical is now code for pastoral breakdown. Yeah, um, the truth is like the reason why I said that is because I think you're absolutely right. Is that, that I think the sabbatical is often because well it, 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 it for a variety of reasons in a psychotic community it's because you just cannot cope anymore with the psychotic structure and it just you just have to leave and then often you get fired you know that's it the sabbatical is also for some people the the first step to either leaving or getting fired in a perverse structure you don't need to go on sabbatical that's the interesting thing perverse structures you if you're comfortable in a perverse structure you can keep going on it you get the money, you get the fame, you get everything. It's all kind of cool. And you get to enjoy your transgression. Uh, perverse structure is problematic mostly because it doesn't, there's no change. You, if you're in a perverse structure, no change happens. That's why the neurotic structure is the most important one because the neurotic structure, real change can happen, right? The perverse structure, you can go on for 20 years. 
And in uh, the neurotic structure, sabbatical is often <clears throat> the equivalent of because the doubt, the unknowing, the ambiguity, the questioning, the discontent hasn't been brought into the liturgical structure, the minister feels this pressure when she or he is standing at the front. They feel that they're, they're basically being inauthentic. So in neurotic structure, you, you feel inauthentic. Verse structure, you don't, or in a psychotic structure. But in the neurotic structure, you feel inauthentic. Eventually, it gets too much. You go on sabbatical, you take a break, and you come back. Oh, by the way, the reason why Shizek talks about, he has two documentaries on, on, you can get them on Netflix, I think you should watch them, The Pervert's Guide to Cinema and The Pervert's Guide to Ideology. The reason why he uses the term pervert, which um, I think anyway, uh, is because he's saying that, in, especially in America, the perverse structure is the common one. We exist in a society fully, we fully embrace a society that is often violent and corrupt and bad. And our way of doing that is to have transgressive spaces that we disappear to. We do Zen on a Wednesday night. We do yoga on a Tuesday. We go to our prayer meeting or church on a Sunday. Uh, we have our sex clubs on Friday night. Whatever it is, you've got somewhere where you let out all of your stuff so that you can reintegrate perfectly into, into a corrupt and violent society. And so the problem with a perverse society is you kind of can go along in, in it as long as you have these places where you can let loose and as I say you know it's Zen, it's church, it's it's uh, it's movies, it's whatever this place, this space. So he called you know the pervert's guide he says because in a sense we're all perverts, in a sense we're all perverts in in the western society, those, those who are kind of doing well inside, not those people who are crushed by the society, who are damaged by it, but those of us who are you know, uh, you know, have a symbolic place within the society. We we are maybe not perverse as individuals, but we're perverse in a structural way. Um, oh, hey, James, how's it going? Good to hear from you. I've got to reply to your emails, by the way. It's on my to-do list. I've just been being very lazy, reading books, and not looking at my emails. So sorry about that. Oh, so there's Lars from Switzerland. Um, Oklahoma. Oh yeah, Kenneth asked, what do you do for psychotic communities? That's actually difficult, and I'm working this through um, in my own thinking. If you're working with a psychotic individual, the last thing you do is bring doubt, complexity, and ambiguity to them, because it just causes a psychotic break. Right? But a psychotic structure is different, because a psychotic structure isn't an individual, it's a structure. So, you know, it kind of depends. You might want to break it. You might want to break it, um, which means then you get yourself, you leverage yourself into a strong enough position within the community, and then you introduce those things. And if you have a strong enough place within that community, it will fundamentally rupture the structure. But if you work hard enough, you can reconfigure it. I actually have a friend, well, you'd know him if I told you his name. Um, he's a well-known pastor, but he was almost willing to do this for his community. But he realized that he didn't really want to stay around for the next five years. And so he thought, there is no point in me blowing it up if, I do not ha if I'm not going to be there to rebuild it. It's like people, you know, it's, like it's, it's in Germany, uh, I think it was uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, I'm not leaving the country because I can't, you know, I can't, you know, blow it up from outside, critique it if I'm not going to be there to help it rebuild. Um, and it's the same thing, like, you can blow up a psychotic structure but I think it's irresponsible if you're not 
you know, willing to stay around and pick up the pieces. Or um, there are ways to just manage it. There are ways to make a psychotic structure less problematic. And um, I think sometimes that's a useful thing to do as well. Um, but mostly, whenever I talk to people who go, oh, I've been trying to do things like bring up a bit of your work and stuff in my community and it's not going well, it's often because it's not neurotic enough. If you're in a neurotic structure, you'll be able to do it. Because here's the thing, you say to, you say to a psychotic, say a psychotic has a vision of uh, a dream of their mother. Their mother appears. Um, the psychotic goes, my mother appeared, right? And if you question it, they're like, what you, why are you questioning this? My mum appeared to me, right? Now, a neurotic can have the same thing, but they might go, my mother appeared. And then you go, well, you know, are you sure? Are you sure? Maybe, or maybe it was a dream, or maybe, maybe you, it was just your desire. The neurotic's like, yeah, maybe. Now, the neurotic might still believe it was a vision of their mother, but they quite like the questioning. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, maybe it's just because I really miss her. Maybe it's the, the neurotic enjoys that. The psychotic doesn't. So um, with the, you, you can actually, and this is why I try and train people to do, is go like, there are ways to bring doubt, complexity, discontent into the liturgical structure that is not just going to be acceptable to people. People are going to enjoy it. They're going to love it. They're going to like be enlivened by it. But you've got to do it, obviously, in the right way. And that's part of what I want to do. Look at that in LA is how do you actually do that? So I'm hoping some church leaders come to this event as well. It was not going to be all that. Ah, Cleveland, very good. I like Cleveland. Um, who's from Cleveland? Robert. Okay. Oh, Detroit. Kenneth from Detroit. I'm going to be in Detroit, as you know. I think um, uh, in next month. So if you want to, if you want to, if you live in Detroit, then come and hang out. I'm really looking forward to it. I've been to Detroit once, and I loved it. It rem reminds me of Belfast. Um, okay, let's see. Well, my internet keeps cutting in and out, and um, uh, so I should leave it there. I've also I've probably been talking for far too long. Um, I'm also putting these on YouTube. I found a way of doing it. I worked it out. I sat down. I was like, how do I rip these Facebook Live videos and put them on the YouTube? And I figured it out. So if you want to look at my past ones, just go on to YouTube. You can check them out. Um, I, I will maybe do another one or two of these on psychosis, perversion, and neurosis, because we're just scratching the surface. But as I say, come join me for two days in LA in November, or you can join me for like a whole, basically a week of fun in Belfast for my festival, my wake festival. We're actually, we're selling out, it's crazy. We've got like, only got, I think we've got 18 tickets left, 17 tickets left. Um, and so some of you hopefully will come all the way to Ireland and we'll hang out for four or five days and you'll see my city. Um, but otherwise, you'll see me for absolutely free, probably in the next couple of days on Facebook Live. Thanks very much, guys. Talk to you soon.